From the Orange County Fire Authority, this is the Pass Along Podcast, where we address firefighter issues from top to bottom, from your helmet down to your boots. All right, welcome back to the OCFA Pass Along. Uh, thank you, Chief, for being here. This is our third time sitting down and uh, being able to speak with you, so I appreciate you uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to, uh, to share some of your thoughts and uh, spread the information out to uh, the rest of the OCFA. All right, thank you. Yeah, with that, um, go ahead and get started. I think most importantly, I think we should start out with congratulations to uh, Division Chief Mike Contreras. I agree. Um, I want to shout out, and I hope uh, others will do the same, to our newest Division Chief, Mike Contreras. Um, extremely proud of, of him, and I know that he's going to do an, an excellent job. I also want to thank uh, Division Chief Jeff Adams. Um, I've asked for his help, and uh, I've... I, I have uh, assigned him to Santa Ana. Santa Ana has got some uh, unique challenges, and Chief Adams has a, um, I mean, I think all of us would agree, an amazing uh, political acumen. He Operationally, he's sound. Um, I believe he's going to do a great job up there for what they need. So I want to thank uh, Chief Adams as well for for uh, taking the assignment. Um, I, I really needed his help, and I can't... Uh, I can't say enough about both of these division chiefs. I think uh, we're positioned very well. We've got the right people and the right jobs uh, in all of the cities. So I, I want to extend my thanks to both of them. For sure. And congratulations again to, to Chief uh, Mike Contreras. Uh, with that, Chief, why don't we go ahead and open up and, uh, and see if you can update us on where Garden Grove sits currently, uh, what information you can share with us about uh, their uh, chances or what the likelihood of their, uh, what their status is as far as coming over to the OCFA. You know what, I, I, I don't really want to speculate. I, I, I need to uh, certainly, uh, it's, it's, it's evolving. Uh, I do know that members of their city council visited OCFA last week. I believe there were three separate tours. My understanding is that they were very, very impressed with all that OCFA has to offer. Uh, several weeks ago, I did attend a Garden Grove city council meeting along with other staff. And uh, over the course of that, that meeting, um, you know, it was uh, th there were some cost figures represented that demonstrated that we were, in fact, uh, you know, cost more to provide our services. And, and I think, though, at the end of the day, it really comes down to, you know, you, you, you really do get what you pay for. And uh, I don't think anybody disagreed, including the Garden Grove Fire Chief, that OCFA has far more to offer in terms of all the different things we do, um, the benefits, all of those things. But again, it really comes down to the council deciding if, if that's what it is. Uh, I don't know uh, when their next uh, meeting is. I don't know when the decision point is. So regrettably, I can't give you a whole lot of information because I just don't have it right now. Um, so we'll see how this whole thing plays out. I understand that we're shooting this on Monday. We know that you'll, you'll provide us updates as soon as they come out. Um, once they're available to us. That's correct. So Chief, with the, with the amount of fire activity that's been occurring throughout the state, can you share with us your thoughts on our commitment to, to sending resources, both overhead as well as uh, engines, uh, to assist in those incidents and why, um, uh, why we have um, responded as we have? Sure, you know, I'm a, a big proponent of the state mutual aid system. It is the most robust mutual aid system I'd offer up in in probably the world. 
you know, I sit as a, I have and continue to sit as a Fireskope board member and uh, have regular conversations with uh, Cal OES at the highest levels and, and here locally and within region. And what we have um, discovered is that, quite frankly, with all of the vacancies, the firefighter vacancies, the promotions that are taking place at the engineers and captains uh, level, um, the impact of pulling uh, you know, staff off the floor to conduct new hire interviews. We have a BC process. Um, it's no, I don't need to tell anybody that's listening to this that we're not uh, seeing impacts like we've ever seen before. I mean, look at the number of forced hires we're, we're, we're having to um, effect regularly. And these forced hires are affecting people's families. Um, it is just, I, I would say it is, it is the most critical um, issue within the fire authority right now are the force hires. It's not lost on me. Um, it became quite clear early uh, in my tenure here, we sent one strike team out and that caused major challenges in just filling, you know, fire stations. Where in the past, you know, I'm told that three strike teams from us and three out of Metro were the norm. One put a hurt on us. That along with, you know, folks going out with their team assignments, single resources, it's caused uh, both myself and the ops chief and others to have some very frank discussions about really what is our drawdown. Because at the end of the day, you know, our, you know, community members expect us to staff fire stations. Thankfully, thankfully we've done that, but at the cost of, you know, um, people's time off, perhaps their behavioral, their mental health, relationships at home. I mean, all of these force hires are having a effect on many of our members. And so we've had to be very careful about what it is that we feel comfortable, you know, releasing in the mutual aid system. What I share with everybody, uh, not just the executive leadership team, but this is a temporary thing. We get fully staffed. We get all our firefighters back. We make all the promotions and we get back to where this organization was in the past. I fully expect that we're going to be supporting the mutual aid system as we have before. But at the end of the day, you know, the, uh, the homeland comes first. We can never find ourselves in a position where we're not staffing a fire station because we've, we just don't have uh, the people available. So, well, I understand it's been an impact to some of the folks that are on teams and, and some of the single resources and, and, and perhaps we're not getting uh, that return on the experience. Home comes first. You know, had we been, had our task force been tapped to go to the recent uh, Hurricane Lane in Hawaii, that would have had, could have had a devastating effect you know, on our staffing, our day-to-day -day staffing. So we're that close. I mean, we are literally on the edge. I am so concerned um, at uh, what these impacts are causing families. Um, it, it's got my attention. Perfect. And, and to comment on, uh, on California Task Force 5 and their alert status, they were alerted uh, for Hurricane Lane, uh, but however, that has since been uh, terminated and no longer on alert status. Yeah, the MRP was not the not the um, entire task force, and the uh, uh, three task forces, Washington one, uh, Cal three, and Cal eight, are in the process over the next day or so of being demobed, and uh, they will be returning back. So yeah, I, I mean, it, had we been up in the rotation, it could have caused additional strain to our day-to-day -day staffing. For sure. Thanks for that update. 
Um, so, Chief, with, uh, with your email regarding mission-driven culture, um, when can we anticipate some of those uh, visible movements to implementing some of the mission-driven culture items? Uh, where do you see uh, the next steps uh, that we take uh, with mission-driven culture? Well, I appreciate the question. It's a timely too. Uh, today is Monday and just last Thursday evening, the contract you know, with the IAFC to kick this thing off got uh, unanimous support by the board. And uh, in fact, Wednesday, um, I believe, Shane, I have asked uh, uh, Chief Sherwood and Chief Summers uh, to help you know, with the program. And uh, we meet Wednesday to talk about those timelines and milestones and again, taking into consideration you know, our current staffing level and how we can start to roll this out, not just on the training side, but some of the doctrine side. Um, more to follow, but we really needed, you know, that contract to be approved, and, and I'm just so grateful to the board for doing so. It's a multi-year contract, lots of different things going to take place, um, much more to follow, and I hope to share more information over the coming weeks. Excellent, and then also at the board meeting, um, the reorg was approved, so we, we have the, the changes that are going to be coming out. Um, I think one of the things to, uh, to highlight is uh, it clearly is divided into to an operations side and an administration side uh, with two deputy chiefs that are overseeing each of those. Uh, it truly looks like on the administrative side, it's, it's, it's non-safety. Um, can you comment on, on your thought process on why, why the, the organization being divided as such? Sure. It's, you know, there will be, you know, two bureaus and I appreciate it. You're right. The, uh, the reorg was approved by the board last Thursday. We've been working on it for quite a while, but you know, the process is here. You've got to, you know, work it through the human resources committee and, and we had to, uh, uh, meet with all the bargaining groups and share, you know, what our proposed changes were and, and address any kind of impacts with them. So, you know, nothing happens as quickly as you'd, you'd like it to in government. And uh, this, you know, here the authority is no different. But um, I appreciate it. No, we, we did get uh, unanimous support on Thursday. And so we're in the process of identifying, you know, when we can announce you know, when some of the changes are going to take place, who will be filling those, because really it is, it's uh, some of the positions, some of the functions need to be phased. Some we can flip the switch on pretty quick. And so uh, this week we will be talking about those changes. And I'm, I'm glad you identified really the, the two different levels of structure. It's very common in most metro fire departments, especially here in, in Southern California. I think, uh, you know, my history has been, and I believe it's probably been the same here, that um, we've put, you know, safety, you know, sworn uh, uniform staff in positions, um, admin positions where perhaps they didn't have a background, didn't have a skill set, and, uh, and over time they became successful. Um, but about the time they started really getting me successful, they were off to something. We were either moving them to something else or they timed out of the position. We brought somebody. I, I love using the fleet as a, as a good one. You know, we'll, I've seen it happen again and again in my old organization. I believe it happens here too, is we get a very competent, somebody that's, that's career advancing, very skilled. We tell them, now you're the fleet chief. And they say, well, I don't know anything about fleet. And it's like, we'll figure it out. And they do because they're very capable people. And, and two years later, when it's time to rotate them out, we rotate them out and we do the same thing over again. Um, there are just positions on the admin side that quite frankly, they're, they're 
are people that are non-safety internally and perhaps even externally that are experts in those fields in those um, and have those skills and so why wouldn't we leverage that and so that's kind of where we are is trying to align you know some of our core businesses both emergency and non-emergency and um, I, I believe will be very successful I think the last version of the org chart is version 15 kind of a reflection of how things have evolved it's not the last it may be the one that was approved but it's not the last evolution we're going to find out some things as we go through you know this period of adjustment both in the short term and long term of things that you know we thought that'd be a good idea that didn't really work well why don't we move at this that's what you know an organization needs to be it needs to be nimble like that it needs to be you know able to evolve and and um and not rigid not siloed um you know, in the you know, in the conversations we've had, and they've been great conversations with, with the labor organizations. You know, we'll get a question as to well, this. You know, we're seeing this box here, but you know, there's more applicability. Or how are they going to talk? Well, I believe when people look at that org chart, you have to you, you almost look at it very siloed. You look at the boxes and where they are. What people don't see are those lines that cross those silos. I'm not a believer in silos. We need an org chart so it looks very siloed, but the reality is there is a lot of crosswalking across all of those positions, and that has to occur, uh, especially nowadays in, in organizations like ours that uh, information is, is coming so quickly and the, the issues we, de we are dealing with are so complex. So don't get locked in. I would, I would ask people not get locked in completely on what the org chart says and, and read it is necessarily siloed. There'll be a lot of, a lot of uh, crosstalk. Appreciate that, and we'll take we'll take your advice and be fluid with that, and understand that there's a lot of connectivity between all those those different entities. Uh, whether you're on the admin stride or the operations side, that there's there has to be connectivity and communication between both. It's one team. I mean, it really is. I mean, it takes both. Uh, you know, I often I often share that you know we in uniform we get you know a lot of the public attention and we get a lot of the thanks and, and acknowledgement and our our folks deserve that but there's a whole team you know behind the scenes that allow us all the things they're doing that allow us to go out and deliver the services and, and get that kind of recognition they're kind of the unsung heroes so I have uh, so much respect for all of our non-safety staff. They allow us to do what, you know, what we do successfully. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things I, I noticed on, uh, on the org chart is under the special operations section, uh, you had listed the, the individual disciplines and had put them in their own individual boxes. But one yes. of the things uh, that, that, that made me beg the question is you, you included air operations and wildland together. Do you foresee those as being its own separate division, possibly down the road, building that, you know, uh, a much more robust uh, section? You had commented that uh, earlier on one of the podcasts that you felt our greatest uh, danger or threat was really the wildland community. Um, and, and with saying that, I, it, it begs the question of, do you see that section growing? And that's hence why you put those two together, um, because that, that section needs to be more robust to answer that, that need or that emergency threat. Uh, to the to the public of Orange County. Uh, another great question, Chief. You know, if you look, you know, just one county even north of us, you know, the the county of Los Angeles has had an air and wildland division um, for many many years. I mean, obviously, you know, crews, dozers, 
you know, planning, um, aviation, they all, you know, you know, they are one in the same. And so really some of it was to align ourselves more closely with what other organizations do. Um, nothing has really changed. You still got a BC, you know, managing both. It just puts them all together. And yes, we are going to work to build, you know, our air and wildland capacity. We, we have to. And to your point, it is the greatest risk to life and property in this county. And I do feel like um, we've fallen behind. We, we need to build that up. So could that be in the future its own, you know, standalone division? I guess it could. You know, how long it takes to get there. It really is driven by complexity, you know, and, and uh, if we find that because there's so much activity or it's become so complex that it's difficult for the one, you know, the special operations division chief to manage that, USAR, HAZMAT, all, ARSON, all of those other things, you know, we would want to consider, you know, um, breaking it out. But it, uh, so both, consistency, um, you know, growth, all of those things. I mean, we really, we're an organization that shares the same level of risk as counties north and, and south of us. We, we really do need an air and wildland division. I would offer up too, and since we're talking a little bit about um, the reorg, I've gotten a lot of questions about, you know, putting a safety uh, uniform uh, staff back in the communication center. And, um, you know, I'm a strong believer in uh, or having that uniform, that safety presence. I've seen and I've come from an organization that has had, uh, you know, uniformed dispatchers and uniformed uh, supervision. I, I've seen it where it was strictly non-safety, non-uniformed, and there are things that work for both. I think our non-safety, our non um, sworn dispatch staff do an amazing job here. I think they're, they're fantastic. I listen to the radio all the time. As you know, you come into my office, the radio's on. If you go in my car, the radio's on. I'm listening all the time. I, I think it gives you a sense of, uh, at least for me, um, you know, kind of a more of a familiarization in a sense. But I've also seen, you know, centers uh, become far more, it's uh, the word I'm looking for, um, you know, professional in ways when you have a uniformed presence in there. To truly be a command center, um, you have to have a uniformed, you know, safety presence in there. We're looking at a division chief managing um, the center, uh, three battalion chiefs on a 724 basis, a shift basis. Uh, I've got, uh, you know, Jeff Logan in there, who's amazing. He is, you know, the SME. He is the person that knows best how, um, you know, dispatchers and supervisors and the technology works. Nothing's going to change from that respect. But, you know, when a uh, uniformed, you know, officer, you know, calls into the center and needs to talk to another firefighter, you know, there'll be a BC there to talk to. Um, I just left an organization where we did just that. We put a, um, a division chief and, and battalion chiefs in there, and that place is just launched. And um, everybody will be talking about it a year from now. I mean, there's obviously a lot of anxiety with these levels of changes, but I will mark my words. A year from now, people are going to go, you know what, chief, we had our doubts, but you were right. 
Um, this is going to be amazing. We will be a true command center once we have those people in the center. Right now, we, we do not meet the criteria nor the uh, definition of a command center, but we're, we're going to get there very quickly. Very good. And, and with that, uh, there's a couple, I guess, clarifying questions that, that I'd like to ask and just kind of clarify some of that stuff. Um, so on the org chart, you had moved the three battalion chiefs in there and you had, you'd list, uh, you have Kappa, EPAC, and Strategic Services listed there well. And that's, that's clearly just to show where those positions came from. Correct. And, and with that, um, uh, you know, Kappa with the corporate communications uh, piece of it, that's going to be fulfilled through a, a director's position that's, that's to come. Um, with the EPAC, though, that expectation is to live with the, the division chief that sits in corporate or in uh, emergency command center. Uh, that division chief will now have those responsibilities. Is that correct? You know, that's, that's still pretty fluid. You know, the, er, there is a lot of conversation about where those should be. Can that be shared? Is it collateral? Um, we're even talking about PSU since we're not going to have a uh, battalion chief. UNHR, can those PSU subject matter expert, um, uh, well, requirements, you know, be um, shared somewhere else? I mean, all those are kind of things on the fly. There's a lot of conversation. We think, uh, uh, we think we know where they're going to end up. We're just, it's still evolving. Um, but you're right. I mean, that, though, that was the intent of those being labeled so we knew where those BCs went. Not necessarily that those were the duties that the uh, command center battalion chiefs are going to inherit. Well, that'll have to play itself out a little bit. Gotcha. So that's, a, that's that piece of being fluid and, and still trying to figure out exactly what those responsibilities are. And because that's going to take time, you know, um, to not only fill, you know, another division chief position, but to identify in detail what all of those job responsibilities and duties yeah. are. I mean, we're, we're hitting the high level ones now and obviously we're going to be, you know, doing that in lockstep with the uh, COA. Um, some of that is, is still to be determined. So I don't see those positions necessarily filled for what that, that is one of those phased gotcha. things where, where some of the things in the new reorg, I think the switch can be flipped on fairly quickly. That's not one of them. Gotcha. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time. Okay. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, as far as um, what, I mean, it's, you've been here for 100 days now? Four and a half months. Four and a half months. Uh, can you share on, on your feelings of, uh, is, is it everything? I think I did this to you last time. It's like, hey, how, is it everything you thought it was going to be and more? Or is it... Are there things, what things do we still need to improve upon? Uh, obviously with the reorg is, is the, I believe, a, a great step in, in creating, uh, you know, a more robust OCFA, um, you know, much where I think we, we, we deserve to be. Uh, we're the big county fire department. I think this, uh, this reorg makes us look uh, and act like the big county fire department. Um, where do you see us going from here? Obviously mission-driven culture is coming. Um, but is this just the step and then we kind of we reevaluate and then take the next steps as, as, as necessary? Well, good, great, great question, Chief. You know, um, yes, it's everything and more you know, than I, I expected. Um, I shared, I think, in one of the podcasts and when I share at the fire station when I visit, um, you know, the JPA is structured very different than a, you know, large metropolitan city that has a mayor and a city manager or or CAO and city council members. That was 
believe it or not, part of the allure because it is different. And um, I've enjoyed meeting so many of the directors and city managers, and it's just fascinating. And, and I know people think I'm crazy when I say that, but it, it has been fascinating, um, you know, the journey thus far. Uh, when I got here, it was impressed upon me, even before I got here, that the organization was looking forward to change, looking forward to vision. That's one of those, you know, um, okay, be careful what you wish for, because with um, both of those, especially the change part, it creates anxiety. There's anxiety with the new chief coming in. We don't know who the new chief is, what's it going to be like, how's it been. There's all that anxiety. It's, it's human nature. It's expected, it's, you know, some, it's a continuum though. Some don't have much, some have a lot, and it's everything in between. So, you know, my experience has been firefighters love to talk about change, but the minute there's some, again, a little bit or a lot, causes great anxiety. What is that, you know, what is in it for me? How is this going to affect me? Who am I going to report to? And man, we are experiencing that um, in spades here in, in the organization. Um, what I'd ask people to do is relax a little bit. Those that are, you know, super anxious, you're not going to see much change, I think, in your, your day-to-day job. Some people may have another supervisor or they'll find their box in their org chart somewhere else. I think what people will find is that there's become maybe even new opportunities. And it all settles out in the end. But it is a lot. You know, four and a, month, four and a half months in, we're talking, we've got, you know, we're talking mission-driven culture. Um, I've made some staff moves. Um, you know, we're, we're reorging. That's a lot. In four and a half months, it's a lot. And I think if, you know, we're going to be successful, we've got to do things like we're doing um, right now, Chief, and having these podcasts. I need to still be out there going to dinners, going to lunches with the troops, meeting with everybody and the staff does, and we have to communicate what we're doing as best we can. Uh, we've had a couple, uh, we, we've tripped up a couple times along the way where it was brought to our attention. Thankfully, this is an organization that will, my experience has been bringing to the attention maybe some things we could do better. That's exactly what I want. That's exactly what I need. I don't want to be a part of an organization that doesn't feel like they can voice, you know, their concerns and it makes it all the way to the top. Um, I'm getting that and, and we're hearing that. We've added the division chiefs to and created an executive leadership team to include the, you know, um, Jeff Logan at the communication center, um, our attorney, um, Dave Kendig, others, and we're meeting every week. We have a, a, an organized agenda because they are a part of that leadership team and they're, they're communicating through the BCs and through, you know, the rest of the organization is key to that communication. It's always communication that people, you know, complain about or when people get surprises, both up and down. So, yeah, a lot in four and a half months. Um, and, yeah, I don't see a lot of, like, uh, uh, big, you know, bang changes that way. I think we got enough going right now. I think the mission-driven culture still, when we start rolling out the, you know, L380 point of the spear and, the, and our supervisors start getting that, they're going to love that. Uh, we've got staff rides. We've got other things planned for, you know, uh, the upper levels of, of leadership. We've got, you know, 280 followership to leadership for those that are looking. So it's, a, again, a multi-year program that I think people are going to be pretty excited about when we're talking the same language, same vernacular. Uh, the reorg will settle itself out. There'll be adjustments along the way. 
Um, I think it's an exciting time, but um, exciting, I think, is, you know, equates into anxiety for some. Take a deep breath. Everything's going to be okay. Um, things take time. There are certainly some other um, uh, things we want to do, but we've got, uh, I'm not going anywhere. At least I don't plan on going anywhere for a long time. And so we'll get there together. But uh, great question. Appreciate you sharing Thank that. You. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't recognize our newest fire captains that have just been recently promoted. Uh, we anticipate uh, engineers shortly behind them. Correct. Um, have you received any feedback or is there anything you can comment on, on the Fire Captains Academy? And, and, you know, this is the first time that we've done it in this format. Uh, you know, I, I have hopes and, uh, and, I, and I, I believe it's a better process. I believe we're going to create a better fire captain. Um, Anything you can comment on that? I mean, just my observation. I mean, so impressed. I mean, I am, uh, I've had uh, two opportunities to speak at the uh, Captain's Academy, and, and uh, man, I really enjoyed it. Um, it, uh, it was great to, to be able to share kind of expectations and, and um, no, at, you know, just an outstanding group. Uh, nothing gave me greater pride than the... Um, ceremony we had right before the board meeting. That's something that we should plan, we'll plan on doing. I think when, when people are promoted, not just uh, uh, the, safety, the safety staff, it's a big deal and we need to celebrate those things. If it's two individuals or if it's 50 individuals, we need to do it as soon after or just before they get promoted. We will still have the you know, annual event where we celebrate people's years of service and their promotions, but in my view, to wait months and months or, or weeks, depending on the timing of it, really um, doesn't you know, demonstrate how important these promotions are to the families, to the individuals. These are celebrations. And we had a great time last Thursday, and I think the families did too, so, so more to come. I, I'm just so impressed you know, in how this organization does it. And, and I have to you know, shout out to Battalion Chief Mike Summer. I'm, amazing um, the amount of work that he's accomplished the curriculum he's walked me through the binders before the academy the individuals he's had come speak at the academy outstanding i don't know of any organization that prepares their officers like like we do here it's it's a top shelf i, I agree and uh yeah absolutely uh, chief summers uh, deserves a, a big uh, hats off to that and great job uh, and congratulations again to those newest fire captains uh, we shortly anticipate uh, the same thing with some new engineers, uh, followed by another uh, uh, Captain's Academy, as well as we currently have the, the Battalion Chiefs process going on. Um, a lot going on. A lot going on. And uh, anything you want to comment on uh, upcoming 9-11? Uh, we are going to have our ceremony here, as we always do at headquarters, uh, which will be on 9-11, uh, as well as what we do out in the fire stations. Um, uh, anything you want to comment on that? You know what, this is be my first year um, obviously participating in that I've uh, it's been shared with me you know past events and, and I am just so impressed inspired uh, that this organization would go to the lengths it does to never forget um, I am just uh, I, I'm honored and privileged to be here and, and really humbled and, and actually a bit nervous um, being uh, the person out out on front having you know looked at and talked with others that have participated in uh, in this in the past it's another one of those OCFA things that uh, 
that makes this organization so special and why uh, we are so renowned in the public safety, you know, in the fire service, not just here locally, but, you know, nationally. It's those kinds of things that set us apart. Not everybody does. It's really easy to talk about, you know, not forgetting. Um, but year after year to make, you know, a, a big deal and a point of recognizing those that, you know, made the ultimate sacrifice, man, it's a, it's a huge honor. So I'm looking forward to it and um, looking forward to doing those every year. For sure. And again, that'll be uh, here at headquarters out in front of the statue. Uh, as far as uh, start time, it'll be around 8.30 or so. Uh, that that, uh, that that event will get started. Um, probably the last thing probably to conclude, Chief, would be uh, to talk about our, the MOU recently signed with uh, Orange County Sheriff's Department and OCFA. Uh, I know we had that press conference last week, which uh, seemed to be, uh, went off very well. And um, we do have a current MOU uh, signed, and, and can we comment and, uh, as far as where you anticipate that going uh, you know, in the future. Okay, because we have communicated out quite a bit on it. It's not, it's not an MOU. It, it's an operating plan. It's a non-binding agreement that both myself and the sheriff um, have signed for those that haven't seen. Please feel free looking at it. It's pretty, you'll be, you'll be underwhelmed. Yeah, there's not a lot of detail in it, it and that's purposeful. It, it's somewhat vague. It, um, it is really the template to um, you know, for the detail to go into. Basically, it's a, a matter of us recognizing that there's enough work for both of us. There were both ALS rescue aircraft providers as determined by uh, County EMS and that the uh, mission is, you know, the community's best served by, you know, sharing that mission. You know, we're including them on our, our firefighting. Um, as a fire chief, it's great to have another, you know, helicopter in the fight on initial attack and, and certainly extended attack. Uh, there are times when, you know, their aircraft are gonna be closer to those that need um, help of some sort and it only makes sense that um, they would provide. There's gonna be times where we are or the type of service we provide is, is perhaps different than theirs. It's a matter of sitting down and figuring out if it's approached from a point of what is going to provide, you know, that citizen that needs our help, that community member, that, that victim, and what's closest, what re, it, how do we provide what's best for them? Whether it favors us you know, on the numbers of responses or the sheriff, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, we're both proud agencies. We both have a lot to, to give to the community. There are many other areas that we can, um, that we can share. Uh, we're being invited to participate on, uh, certainly on their um, you know, tactical paramedic program. We're looking at their vessel program. We're looking at connecting CADs. We're looking at, in fact, I got an email um, last week about FirstNet. They're a little bit ahead of us. There's so many things that we can do together to be stronger as a county the two biggest public safety agencies in the county working together. That's what I'm used to. I'm not used to, you know, um, some of what's taken place. Um, that's behind us. There'll be some bumps along the way. It won't be perfect. We'll work through those bumps. We're going to critique, uh, honest critique at the highest levels of the organization because we're both committed to 
you know, what's best for the community. So, you know, it's uh, like I say, it won't be perfection right away. And it won't be what everybody wants or, or likes necessarily, but that's where we're going. We're putting the past behind us and we're moving forward. Can I add to that list a, a OCSD investigator into my shop? Love to see that. I would, I would love to see that too. That let's, would, let's uh, work on that. That would definitely help. I appreciate I think that. That makes sense. Um, Chief, that's, that's all the questions I have Thank for you. you. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you uh, taking time out of your busy schedule and, and, and being open and sharing with us and, uh, and helping us get the message out and communicate to uh, the rest of the OCFA. Uh, thanks again for your time and being here, Chief. I appreciate the opportunity, and, and I just ask that everybody you know, takes good care of each other tough times with all the forced hiring. We know it's impacting, you know, families and, and uh, you know, let us know how we can, you know, take care of you and, and take care of each other. So thanks. Thank you again. Thanks, Steve. You bet.